Well, good morning, church. Uh, I don't know when you'll be watching this per se, but I'm excited that we're actually getting together online. And this is a unique moment, but I'm excited that we get to jump into God's Word and, and hear what the Spirit of God is saying for us in this hour. Now, as I get ready to jump into the, into the Word of God this morning with a very special message that God has laid on my heart for this moment, um, since many of you, all of you, are watching this from home, I want to encourage you to do a few things right now, right now. Wherever you are right now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Number one, I want you to get your family together. If they're not already, get your family together. Um, turn everything else off. And I would get a Bible in front of you right now. And I would encourage you to grab a pen, paper, lipstick, mascara, whatever you choose to write with. Because I really believe God wants to speak to you in this moment um, as the word of God goes forth, even from a screen. And so again, I want you to be with me every moment of this message. I know that when we get online, it's very easily sometimes to go check Facebook or go to um, some other thing that's on our phone. I really, really, really want to encourage you to listen to every part of this message. Because I believe this message is for you and this message is for this hour. Second housekeeping rule I want to take care of this morning, um, if you're watching this online as you are, um, I want you to share the link to this message if you have access to it. We want to get as many people to, to, to hear the word of God in this moment. Even though people are not gathered in churches all across the country, I believe more people are going to have the opportunity to hear the word of God preached and hear the gospel than ever before. More people will hear about Jesus with the church outside the building than the church inside the building. And guess what? That's exactly how God has always wanted to be, to get the church outside of the walls. And church, I want you to know that now more than ever, we have to be connected to one another. We have to be praying for one another. We have to be looking out for one another. And so if you know of somebody that needs prayer, somebody that has a, a need, uh, somebody that's going through a tough time in this moment, please let us know so that we can be an encouragement and help to you. Now, the actuality is um, every one of you are now commissioned to be ministers of the gospel. Funny thing is, that's exactly how God has always wanted to be. And we saw that um, earlier in the book of Ephesians anyway. Every member is a minister of the gospel. And now is our moment. Now, before I get into Ephesians chapter 6, take your Bibles there. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to begin in uh, verse number 10 is where I want to take us today to a very familiar passage. But I don't want, you be, I don't want its familiarity to cause you to tune it out. Um, but as you're turning there in your, um, in your Bible or your, um, your device, your Apple iPhone or your cheap Apple substitute, whatever you choose to use, um, just get there for a second. And let me just again address to you the 700-pound gorilla in your living room. And that is the coronavirus situation that every single day, as you are very aware of, there are news reports going out and there are different things happening across the country. I want just to speak uh, courage into you right now, and God's word will do that as we go into the passage. I want you to know that God has this under control and that the coronavirus did not catch God by surprise. And I believe God is getting his church ready to be the church. And I believe this moment is, is, is the precipice of a great moving of the Spirit of God. And so all, there's no reason to fear in this moment 
There's no reason to retreat as the church. Actually, God wants us to advance as the church in this moment. And so, and again, I know right now, wherever you are, you may be feeling confident and fine. You may not be feeling that way. And so to every person who owns a business who wonders if your business will survive, we're here for you. To every senior in high school that is feeling like they've been robbed of sporting events and championships and potentially even graduations, the church, we're here for you. If you know somebody like that that's not a part of our church, please let us know because we want to help minister to you. For the college students that will not have graduation, many of you, and you feel like this was a moment you spent four years getting ready for. And now your moment to walk across that stage and, and get your diploma. And now no one will be there. I want you to know it will be okay. And we understand. And I fe we feel your pain. We, we totally do. There is, we're at a very unique moment and crossroads, but we're going to get through this together, and the church is going to emerge stronger than ever, and we are going to echo the words of Jesus louder than ever before so that the whole world hears. That's what I want to say to you this morning. So in Ephesians chapter 6 and in verse number 10, all right, verse number 10, I want to talk to you today about this topic and again, I want you to write this down in the margin of your Bible. I want you to, 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 to comment wherever you're viewing this. Um, but this is what I want to speak to you about right now. Here is the message for the hour. I'm going to give you the two words. I'm going to begin to read the passage. If you're with me, type amen. <laughs> Verse number 10 of Ephesians chapter 6 says this, Finally, you see the Ephesians, Paul is writing this letter in prison. It's not going so good for Paul. It's not going so good. And so in the midst of difficult situations, in the midst of being in chains, in the midst of the Apostle Paul not being able to do ministry the way that he did ministry, one of Paul's most prolific letters is what we've been in. And I want you guys to know that he has words for this hour that are just as relevant today in, in 2020 than they were in the first century. So Paul says, finally. He's summing it all up. Everything he said, all, every chapter, he's bringing it to a summation. And finally, my brethren, Paul's speaking to the family. Hey, family, one more time. Gather around the table one more time. Just like you guys are in your living rooms or wherever you are, uh, you know, uh, viewing the message this morning. You know, he says, all right, family, gather around the table. There's one more thing I want to say to you. And it's very important. And it was important for Paul to say it to the church, and it's important for me to say it to each and every one of you today. This is what Paul says. Finally, my brethren. Here's the two words. Write them down. This is the title of the message. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. And Paul, and he says be strong, he's going to tell us, and we're going to walk through this passage, how to be strong. When honestly, this is, this, it's, it's very easy right now to be fearful, to be weak, to be worried. To be concerned, to be upset, to be distraught, to be dismayed, to be discouraged. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 and in verse number 10, in light of all of those things, the Apostle Paul says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to not be discouraged, not be distraught, not be deterred, not be taken back. I want you to be strong. 
And he shows us exactly in this moment how to be strong. And I want each and every one of you to be strong. To be strong. Finally, my brethren, be strong. How do we be strong? Because we're not going to be strong in the economy. We're not going to be strong in um, every other aspect of life right now. Quarantine as it is. But the good news is you can't quarantine the gospel. You can't quarantine the good news. You can't quarantine a church that has the message that everybody needs to hear right now. Be strong in the Lord. And I'll move quickly through this passage here. But in the Lord, where does our strength come from? That's why when the, when you, when you're, when the worship is going on, you worship, even if it's different. Even if it's different, and it is, you still worship. Now, more than ever, it's not about Sunday mornings anymore, church. It's about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And now it's more important, uh, uh, moms and dads, to, to gather your families around the table together and say, I want to pray together. You say, I've never done that before. That's kind of awkward. Sure, but awkward is awesome. For crying out loud, you're quarantined right now, all right? You've, you've binge-watched everything on Netflix right now. So what can you do? You can, actually, you can actually do, when's the last time you did something for the first time? Pray with your family. Maybe, just maybe, God's wanting to put a, ma a massive reset button for the church. To be the church outside the four walls of a building. Be strong in the Lord, because in the Lord there is strength. In the Lord there is courage. In the Lord there is hope. In the Lord there is provision. I don't know, listen, I, you, you've heard the phrase, I, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know the one who has tomorrow in his hand. Listen, church, I'm telling you today in, in a very intimate, personal way, what we need to do now more than ever is draw closer to Christ and draw closer to his word and draw closer in worship and draw closer in prayer and draw closer to one another than ever before, even though we have socially distanced ourselves. To all of you that are, that are watching right now that have socially distanced yourself from the church for several months, welcome back. I'm joking. I'm joking, guys. Be strong in the Lord. There's people out there that, that have lost their jobs, their livelihood, their retirement, everything. And they need to hear us on social media and in text messages and in direct messages and short videos that we can put out. We have the chance to be digital evangelists, digital missionaries, digital pastors, the digital church. And they need to hear this message. Yeah, but the Lord's got this. The Lord has this. The Lord has this. Be strong. In the midst of World War II, when it didn't, I mean, we know, we can look back on history and we know that, uh, that good prevailed over evil. But there was a moment that it looked like that Hitler was going to win. And that Germany uh, was going to, and the Nazi, uh, Nazi regime was going to rule the world. And there was a moment in the midst of World War II that Britain was under an unbelievable attack. Days upon days upon days upon days of bombing on the city of London. And there's a very famous saying during World War II that Winston Churchill said. That I want to read to you as we step into this passage. I just got a few things I want to give to you quickly. And if you give me seven more hours on wherever you're watching this, I'll be through. This is what Winston Churchill said. 
what General, what General Whalen called the Battle of France is over. I expect that the Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our own institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must be very soon turned on us. Hitler knows that he'll have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlight upwards. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known, care for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister, perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Now here is what I want you guys to, here, look at me right now. Watch this right now. Pay attention right now. Let us, kind of like what the Apostle Paul was saying, let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and bear ourselves that if the British Empire, or let me say it this way, the church, and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. And I want to say to you, church, this is our finest hour as the people of God in the midst of a situation we have never faced before in our lifetime. In a situation years from now, we will remember this moment in our life. We'll remember all of this. And I want to say, church, this is our finest hour. We do not back up. We do not give up. We do not retreat. We do not give into fear. But we march by faith and with joy and with worship and with the word of God. And we do what the apostle Paul said to do. Be strong in the Lord. That's the message for this hour. How do we do that? I want to give you guys just a few quick, simple things this morning. How, you say, I, I want that. I want to be strong. I don't feel strong right now. I don't feel strong right now. You can be strong. Even if you don't go to a gym, you can be strong. Even if you don't bench press 300 pounds like I do, you can be strong. I'm joking. I don't bench 300 pounds. I just want you guys to know that. He says here, number one, What's the first thing that you need to do to be strong? It says here, put on the whole armor of God. There's an action you need to take right now in this moment. And it's not, it's, it's not just, it's not cowering. It's not, it's, it's, it's not just perusing 24-7, the ne- all the, the news. It's actually saying, you know what? I need to put on the armor of God. And I know when you hear that, you're like, okay, I've heard that sermon before. I'm checked out. No, no, no. Because everything about the armor of God is everything that represents something in Jesus Christ. So in this moment, we're putting on Jesus in a new way so that the people that need to hear about him see, the, see Jesus through us. You see, the loudest sermon people will ever listen to is the sermon of your life. And right now, they need to see courage and joy and hope and life. So put on Jesus in this hour. Put on Jesus. How, how do I put on Jesus? Well, put on means you actually has this idea that you actually grab something and put it somewhere. I played football. Not professionally. Not collegiately. Not even in high school. But in junior high, I played football. I know that surprised so many of you, but I did. I snapped the ball. That was a bad idea. Very bad idea. But I remember every day, you had, I remember I hated football. I hated getting hit. I just didn't like that, all right? Uh, but I remember, I remember every day having to put on the pads. 
And every day having to make sure that the, the pads were put into the, into the pants the right way. And, the, and everything was just right. You put on the armor because you expected you were going to get hit. But as long as you were wearing the pads, as long as you had the helmet on, as long as you had everything on that you needed to, you would get hit, but it would not stop you. You, it, you would feel it, like you're feeling it right now, but you would not be stopped. So I'm saying to you today, just like you would put on, uh, if you're going to go running, put on your shoes. Or if you're going to go play soccer, you'd put on your shin guards or you, any other thing. Put on the armor of God. Put on Jesus. How do I put it on? Mentally, every day in your mind, you pray, Lord, help me. And you acknowledge the things that he mentions here. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the, why, the, the, the schemes, the plans, the blueprints of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of that, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've got to say this. I, I, I know everything that's going on right now. There's something much bigger than a virus going on right now. And I believe as, 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 the, as more unfolds, we'll hear about that. But no matter what it eventually is and no matter how long it eventually lasts, our real battles is not a virus. Our real battles is not the economy. Our real battles is there's an enemy trying to take us out, trying to stop the church and stop the gospel. And I want you guys to be the kind of people to say, bring it. Bring it right now. I will not be stopped. I will not be deterred. Knock me down, I'll get back up. Knock me down, I'll get back up. We will stand strong. That's what we need to do in this hour. In this hour. And the greatest enemy that we all face today besides the devil is the enemy within. The enemy within that you face today. So what's worse, what's worse than the virus? It's the, it's the things that go on in your mind every day. It's I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I wish I was as handsome as Pastor Malachi. I wish I was as smart as Pastor Malachi. Don't do that to yourself. Go to the Word of God. Listen, there's many people who say, you know what? I'm just worthless. I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm never going to make it. I know people that are, that are 40s and 50s that look back on their life and go, well, had two, two terrible marriages and, and two failed businesses. And I, I didn't, when I graduated, I thought I was going to be this, and now I'm this. I'm telling you guys, don't do that. Regret is poison. Regret is poison. And the only way to withstand is internally, we, 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 internally we, we, we we're strong in the Lord. That's an internal thing. Putting on the armor of God, that's an offensive action that we take. So inside and outside, we have to be prepared for this moment. And so when people look at you in this moment and go, uh, what do you think about all this? You go, you know what? It's serious, but I'm not worried because my confidence is not based in this life, but in the life to come. And it's now more than ever, we are the church. We're the church outside the walls. And church life will forever look different from this moment. And there's news that you're going to hear in the weeks ahead about all of this that may be way more shocking than you've heard up to this point. But do not be dismayed. We will wake it. And the church will be stronger than ever. The church will be refined. In a moment like this, what, what happens in a moment like this? Those that are kind of teeter-tottering between, you know, Jesus and faith and church and this and that. Some people just eventually leave faith altogether. In this moment, the church is refined. 
I don't want people to leave. I don't want people to stop following Jesus. But honestly, this is one of those moments where the people whose faith was never grounded in Jesus, they leave. But I promise you, it's in moments of crisis that character is made and, and, and we're forged to be all that God wants us to be. You see, it's only when you're tested. It's only when you're tried. It's only when your backs are up against the wall that you find out really what's on the inside comes out on the outside. And we're finding out right now what's on the inside of the church. Do we believe the songs that we sing? Do we believe the word that we read? Do we believe the words that we pray? Now is our test. Now is our test. Now is our test. And we will come through strong. So my prayer is, Lord, revive your church. Revive your church. Whatever it takes, revive your church. Now more than ever, we need to be in the Bible every day. Now more than ever, we need to be praying together every day. More than ever, we need to be looking out for one another. It's the time for the church to be the church. Moving on. If you love Jesus, type amen. Amen. He says here, the second thing we do, not just putting on the armor, but stand there for. In light of all that, we have an offensive weapon that's putting on the armor. We have the internal motivation that we want to be, we want to be strong only in Jesus. We have a defensive posture here. We stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with Michael Jordans. That's not what it says. Your feet shod with, the, with Gucci. That's not what it says. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. With it, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. There's so much there. So what I want you guys to do after later today with your family, dive into that, that, those verses. I can only pull out a few things right now that I want you to see, but, but moms, dads, kids, dive into this, dive into this, dive into this, all right? But there's a defensive position we must take. We have to determine to stand. We're not giving an inch. We're not budging. We're not backing down. There comes a moment in your life you have to take a stand. And come hell or high water, you will not relinquish that position. And church, that's what we have to do in the day and age where we're going to stand for Christ. Listen, let me, let me, let me, let me say it this way. Because I'm going to tell you guys, how do, how do, how do I stand? It's in the Bible, but let me tell you something. People ask me all, people ask me all the time, and I've, I've had online um, different things. You know, people go, are you a Christian? I go, no. It's worse than that. It's way worse than that. What do you mean? Well, actually, I'm a red-hot, fully devoted, fired-up, Jesus-loving, tithe-given, hands-raised-in-worship, going to be at church every time I can, going to be an online church every time I can. I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ. So, yeah, it's way worse than just being a Christian. That's who I am. That's who I am. People ask me, well, are you, are you an American? Well, yeah, I'm, I, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. I'm not just an American. I'm, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded, military-loving, freedom-loving Fourth of July loving, steaks on the grill, patriot. I love our country. I want revival in America. I know and, and, and I know in this moment it's very encouraging to see unity in our nation right now. We're seeing it. Like who would have thought? You know, I want what you have to be worse than people think you have it. You say, are you are, teenagers? You say, people go, are you a Christian? No, no, I, I'm worse than that. I'm a, I'm a purity fighting, Jesus loving, 
evangelist in my school, radical on fire. I'm going to camp every summer. Let me serve in the church, follower of Christ. That's what we need to be. You'll only do that if you decide to stand that way. So how do we stand? There are so many things about putting on with helmets and, 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 sh- and, 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 sh- and shoes and this and that, but I want to take you to the, what I believe to be the most crucial part of, of, the, of what we have to stand. It says, how do we stand? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication of the saints. How am I going to stand? How am I going to do that? Well, um, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. In the Spirit... So much of what we do is done in our own, our own intellect, our own power, our own strength, and we need to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. I love to tell all my Baptist friends, um, it's not Father, Son, Holy Bible, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all right? And we need to get back to the preeminence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives within, the Holy Spirit that guides, the Holy Spirit that directs, the Holy Spirit that teaches me all things. But I, if I want to stand, I need the Spirit, And I'm going to say to you guys, we need a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God in our churches once again. It's so easy to be be just like the world, except we've Christianized it. And I'm not talking about external things. I'm talking about our internal desires and our actions and our hearts. I know Christians that are just as evil and and, and mean-spirited as anybody who doesn't know Jesus. I I know people that profess Christ that are just as ungodly as people that don't profess Christ. We have to stand strong in the spirit and look like Jesus and be like Jesus. And I saw a thing on, on the CNN debate the other night. Ron Reagan had a commercial in the debate, uh, the Democratic debate. And he said, I'm Ron Reagan. I'm a devout atheist, blah, 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 blah. And he said, um, so stand for me in the Freedom Against, uh, Against Religion Foundation. I'm Ron Howard, and I'm not afraid to burn in hell. That's what he said. I'm not afraid to burn in hell. He may not be afraid, but I'm afraid for him. I'm afraid for him. And I'm afraid of people that live next to me and live next to you, that they need to be, and if they're not going to be afraid, we need to be afraid for them. So we need to stand for our families, stand for our neighbors, stand for our kids, stand for our young people, stand for our church, stand for our nation. And in 2020, may it be known that we stood firm. We did not give up. Just like Winston Churchill said, to your duties. To those responsibilities, you do not stop. To church, to your duties. To your duties. And prayer. What do we need more of? Prayer. Probably looks like virtual prayer meetings. It probably looks like prayer meetings via text. It looks different right now, but we, do, we pray. And, we, and it says, in all perseverance, meaning, I'm not, uh, you know, listen, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And it says here, it says here with all perseverance, uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, and it says with supplication, meaning I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I'm not giving up, and I'm fighting for somebody else. Who are you to fight for in this moment? I fight for the business leaders that are losing their, 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 they have to let off employees. I'm fighting for the teachers that it's a whole new world for them. I'm fighting for the students that are hurting, and I'm fighting for the church in this region to be the church like never before. Please, please, please hear me, hear me, hear me. Watch your screen on the phone, the tablet, the screen, wherever you're watching this. Stay with me. Be strong. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Look to the person sitting next to you and say, be strong. In your living room, be strong. You know, if you don't have any kids or family, just tell the puppy, be strong, right? The goldfish, be strong. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Let me just bring this to a close here. 
He says here, honestly, you, you, you press on a little bit further. He goes, with all perseverance, supplications for the saints, and for me, the utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in chains, that I may speak it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul says, pray for me. I'm in chains. I mean, it's, it's not just like the food's bad, right? It's not like the Chick-fil-A's clothes for the Apostle Paul, okay? He's in chains. He's literally in chains. I imagine the Apostle Paul being in this dungeon that's got rat, giant rats running around, you know, and it's got, you know, um, it's, it's, it, it smells, you know, it's got, it smells like, like, like just urine, and it just has this dark, dingy, depressing, no light kind of feel. And yet in the midst of that, Paul asked people, hey, pray for me. Because now more than ever, I want to speak louder and more boldly than ever before. Because I'm in chains. Church, now is the time that we speak louder and with more empathy and more boldness and more conviction than ever before to a lost and dying world. That Listen, it's, it, listen the coronavirus is serious and whatever else may be happening is serious. But let me tell you, we'll get through this. But the gospel is what we stand for. The gospel is what we live for. And you can't confine the gospel to a church. You can't quarantine the gospel. So as I close with this, again, my, my prayer for every one of you right now, my prayer for you is that you come out of this stronger in your faith. This, that's the one thing, stronger in your faith and your family's faith than ever before. And I want you to know you can reach out and, and we can pray with you and we can encourage you. We want to help you. But now, more than ever, church, this is our time. This is our moment. Every generation is defined by a moment. I believe there was a generation defined by World War II. And I believe there was a generation defined by the Vietnam War. And I believe there, I believe there was a generation defined by 9-11. And I believe this is our defining moment. From here, from further on now, it'll be pre-coronavirus and, and post-coronavirus. But we'll make it strong. If you go through history, as I bring this to a close, every time our nation has faced national calamity, the leaders of our nation, I know, I know just recently our president had a national day of prayer for our nation, which presidents historically have done that. In 1774, Thomas Jefferson called for the entire nation for a day of fasting and prayer. Uh, John Adams, at the end of the 1700s, President Adams called for our nation for a day of fasting and prayer. President Zachary Taylor did the same thing, called our nation to a day of fasting and prayer. And in 1863, when the United States of America was going through civil war and it looked like that we would never be put back together, President Abraham Lincoln called for a day of fasting and prayer. So I want to encourage you, church, would you give yourself more to prayer? Would you, give, would you consider fasting the book of Joel tells us in moments like these that there is to be fasting and weeping and mourning and rend your hearts, not your garments. Everything is slowing down right now. So let's take that time and use it for God's glory and focus on Jesus. I'm going to pray in just a moment for every one of you, but I want to give you just a few very, 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 very practical things that we can do in this hour. One, I want us to stand strong. I want us to put on the armor of God. I want us to stand firm. I want us to pray always. But church, now more than ever, 
I want you to make a decision. You're going you're gonna to encourage more people than ever before. Right now, find somebody in the church you can text. Find somebody you can just say, hey, praying for you. How can I help you? I mean, you could go next door, knock on your neighbor's door, take six feet back, and say, how can I pray for you? We have an opportunity. An effectual door for the gospel has been opened for us to echo Jesus to a lost and dying world. So encourage like never before. Um, Pray for other people like never before. Very practically, let me say, give like never before. If you've never given online, it's super easy, but we're asking you to give. We're asking you to give. We're asking you to be faithful in that. We're asking you to, to every one of you to be commissioned to every day on your social media and everywhere you are, put Bible verses out there and, and encouraging things out there and, and just say, but God's got this and take time to pray and, and let's, just, let's be the gospel everywhere we are. The loudest sermon people are here. As Winston, Church, Winston Churchill said, it'll be known a thousand years from now, men will still say, this was our finest hour. Church, years from now, may it be said, this was our finest hour for the people of God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for everybody who's watching, for everybody who, who Lord, is just feeling tension on the inside, fear, anxiety. There's people that can't go see their loved ones in nursing homes because of this moment. There's seniors that don't get to do their final semester of school the way they would have loved to, the memories, the dances, all of that. Lord, I know, I get it. I hurt with them. But we're all called to make sacrifices in this hour. And we're doing it, Lord, with courage and conviction. Because the real life that matters for us is the life to come. And Lord, this is just preparation for the end of the end of the end. Lord, I believe now more than ever the church needs to, 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 to be very, very urgent with the gospel. Very serious about the days to come. I pray, Lord, for those that are worried about bills. Take care of that. Mortgages, take care of that. Jobs, take care of that. Be with our nation's leaders. Stop the virus, Lord. Stop everything else. And Lord, we look back and go, wow. And Lord, I pray there'll be more people hear the gospel than ever before. More people get saved than ever before. Lord, do it. Do it, Jesus. Everybody watching right now, Lord, help them to be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Tattoo that phrase on their heart. Be strong. Be strong. Lord, before, before it was ever put on a yellow wristband, live strong, your word said be strong. And we are going to be strong. So thank you, Jesus, for your word that is timely and relevant like never before. In the book of Ephesians, like never before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.